we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Welcome to episode 6 of Urgency of Change. This week's episode features Krishnamurti interviewed by Ross Saunders. Upcoming episodes 7 and 8 are conversations with author and philosopher Iris Murdoch. This is a podcast by Krishnamurti Foundation Trust in the UK. We are a non-profit charity and rely on your support. If you enjoy our podcast, please let your friends know about it and leave a review where you listen to podcasts. For more information about activities and programmes at Brockwood, such as the Krishnamurti Retreat Centre, please visit our website at kfoundation.org. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. The interview in this week's podcast was recorded in 1970 for the Australian television show This Day Tonight. Describing the interview in her diary, Mary Zimbalist, who was Krishnamurti's assistant, said that Krishnamurti demolished belief and religion, then continued with such fresh clarity until the end of the half hour, covering a great deal with simplicity and eloquence. Questions explored include, is it possible for a mind to be free from the past and from belief? How can an individual who is part of the system, get outside the system in order to observe it and himself? Do the younger generation have a thirst for awareness and self-knowledge? You have been critical of religions. Could you tell me your own particular outlook on religion? What do you make of death? And, more than 40 years after you dissolved the Order of the Star, how would you summarise your aims? Our problem then, as I see it, is that we are bound, weighed down by belief, by knowledge. And is it possible for a mind to be free from yesterday and from the beliefs that have been acquired through the process of yesterday? Is it possible for me as an individual and you as an individual to live in this society and yet be free from the beliefs in which we have been brought up? Is it possible for the mind to be free of all that knowledge, all that authority? Krishnamurti, are you saying here that it is wrong to believe in what you have found to be true. So surely, is belief necessary at all? Why do we have beliefs? Probably because, mostly, you believe in something because you don't actually see what is. If you saw actually what is, what is in the sense, what is actually going on, both outwardly in the outward phenomenon and inwardly, then what is the necessity for a belief at all? 
You don't believe the sun is rising. It is there, and you have seen it. It is, therefore, the whole problem of belief seems to me so utterly erroneous. It has no place in a, with a person who is actually observing the whole structure and the nature of thinking, living, suffering, the agony of existence, the sorrow and all the rest of it. Belief it's, appears as a, a means of escape from the reality of what is. So to understand actually what is, one has to be rid of all these extraneous beliefs and fears and hopes and be, ha, be able to look actually, not theoretically, not abstractly, but actually look what is taking place in the world outside, with all the racial conflicts, with wars, the, the division between religions, the Catholic, the Protestant, the Hindu, Muslim, all the divisions which have created such havoc in the world. And by observing all that, one sees what actually, how this has come about. Because in oneself, one is conditioned by society, by the culture one lives in. If you live in India, you become a Hindu or Muslim, or if you live in Europe, you are a Catholic or a Protestant. It's the environment that conditions the culture that shapes the mind, the culture being the knowledge, the tradition, the various um, beliefs. And surely a mind that's conditioned as a communist, as a Catholic or as a Hindu, what you will, surely is incapable of being free to observe, to observe the, the extraordinary complex structure of society and also still more complex psychological structure of oneself. Because oneself is the world. We have created the world. And the world is me and you. We cannot separate the two. And so to understand the world, one has to understand oneself. To change the social structure, which is obviously needs colossal change, one has to change oneself, because one is part of this society. So the change must begin with the human being, not with this outward structure, because the human being is confused. The human being is conditioned. He believes, and therefore there is a contradiction in himself, and therefore he is really deeply confused. And if he wants to change the social structure, the change from confusion only breeds more confusion. Whereas if he could bring about clarity within himself, and from that clarity act, then such an action is really a deep psychological revolution.
that revolution is absolutely necessary. This means, doesn't it, a completely different view of education, for after all, education is implanting beliefs. Obviously, obviously. Education now as it is, is really a cultivation of a vast field, a cultivation of a corner, a corner of a vast field. We are concerned with that little corner, which is technological knowledge, uh, conditioning the mind um, with knowledge, with information, and neglecting the whole field. And therefore, there is an imbalance. Technologically, one has gone very far, and psychologically, one is very, very primitive. One is uh, still at the stage of a tribal conflict with their beliefs, with their gods, with their separate nationalities and armies and all the rest of it, which is really a continuation of the tribal existence. And apparently we don't see in education that is immensely important to cultivate, to understand the whole field and not just one corner of it. The other thing about this Krishnamurti is that how can an individual who is part of the system get outside the system in order to observe it and himself? You know, sir, the word Individuality, the individual, means indivisible, an entity who is in himself indivisible, which means non-contradictory, in himself. But you, the individual human being is, is contradictory in himself. He is not an individual. He is broken up, he is fragmented in himself. Now, and so being contradictory, being uh, divided in himself. His activity, his social structure, his morality is obviously fragmentary, contradictory. Therefore, he becomes a hypocrite. So the problem is not how to change the individual, but can the human being, who is part of this vast structure, which he himself has created, can that human being radically, psychologically change? Not the society. The society is the relationship between individuals. And can the human mind, which is so conditioned after so many centuries, can it Uncondition itself completely. Be free from being a Catholic, a Hindu, a communist, a socialist, and see that he is part of this human structure, part of the world, and not the Catholic world or the communist world. Well, if he can, how can he? This is That's the problem. How can he see? First of all, one has to be aware of what is going on both outwardly and inwardly. Aware. Not theoretically, not intellectually, 
or aware according to some philosopher or psychologist, then he is aware according to their ideas, to their conditioning, whereas to be aware what he is actually, his problems, his miseries, his suffering, his extraordinary sense of brutality, violence, to be aware of all that. And from that awareness comes clarity. And that means he must be tremendously interested in life, not in some awful, absurd theory, whether it be theory of uh, the Catholics or the Hindus. Well, then how do you get people to be aware in your sense of this? I don't think you can get people. If they are interested, they will be. But if you force them to be interested through propaganda, then propaganda becomes all important, not the people. After all, all religions have been that. They are instruments of propaganda. Christianity, with their belief, with their, with their saviours, with their virgin, all the rest of it, with their saints, is the result of two thousand years of propaganda, dinning into people every day, believe, 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 you are saved, you are this, you are that. The other day, when, we were, when I was in Rome, I speak Italian and so on, and the, the priest was absolutely mesmerizing the people by repeating, repeating, repeating. It went on for a whole half an hour. Naturally, the people then are mesmerizing to believe. So all that has to be set aside, which means facing the fear, fear to stand alone, fear to discard all this absurdity, all this, if I may use the word, circus, which has become religion. So to discard all that implies the man must be, must be aware and so become very sensitive and very alert and therefore intelligent. It is that intelligence that is going to change society, not he is throwing a bomb at it. The, the response to a challenge as violence is the most primitive form of response. Therefore, it's, the question really is whether the human mind, as it is, Living in this world, with wars, with the economic inequalities, with the immorality of society, and society is immoral, whether that, whether he can become, be totally good, good in the sense, uh, good, n be free of violence. free of aggression. And violence is a form, is an outward expression of fear. I don't know if you have noticed that uh, when whole cities are crowded, as they are now, 
overpopulated. The lack of space makes people violent. The very lack of uh, survival is making everything violent. So I think one has to really go into all this, not as an idea, not as a belief, but one has to search, understand all this in oneself. One must have tremendous passion to find out all this. Because self-knowledge is the beginning of wisdom, and wisdom you can't buy it in a book or from another. In your travels around the world, Krishnamurti, have you found that the younger generation have got this kind of thirst for awareness and self-knowledge? I think from what one has observed both in America and Europe and India, this sense of a revolt, which most young people are, have, is a revolt because what has society to offer them, actually, except going to business, hmm? or join the army, or go to the moon, or where you will, but actually what has society, the culture, has to offer them? Nothing, if you look at it. And therefore the more intelligent, the more sensitive, the more alert, they say, this is all wrong. We must change the very fabric of education, and the vested interests won't have it. The vested interest says, we must go slowly, you know, the good old business, and therefore there is this conflict. Because, after all, human mind does seek more than bread and butter. It wants something beyond all this, which has meaning, which has significance, which has depth and passion and interest. But just when society, the culture says you are going to become a businessman or become a professor or become a soldier, I mean, my God! And it's therefore the the revolt all through the world. They may not express it in so many ways, in such at such depth, but there are indications of that. But unfortunately, they want to change society by throwing bombs and violence. Any physical revolution, as one has observed, must lead inevitably to tyranny, to dictatorship, either of the few or of the bureaucracy. So this psychological revolution of which we are talking about is the most important thing. That will bring about a change in the world. You've been rather critical of religions. You yourself must have a religious view of life. Could you tell me your own particular outlook on religion? So that, I mean, what is religion? Actually, what is religion? First of all, to find out what is religion, we, we must negate what it is not. I don't know if you... What is, what is not, then it is. It's like, what, what is not love? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
the, which love is not hate, love is not jealousy, love is not ambition, love is not the violence. So when you negate all that, the other is, which is compassion. In the same way, if you negate what is not religion, then you find out what is true religion. That is, what is the truly religious mind. First of all, therefore, belief is not religion. And the authority which the churches, the organized religions assume is not religion. That is, in that there is all the sense of obedience, conformity, acceptance, the hierarchical approach to life, the division between the Protestant, the Catholic, the Hindu, the Muslim and all, that's not religion. So when you negate all that, which means you are no longer a Hindu, no longer a Catholic, no longer belonging to any sectarian outlook, then your mind then questions ask, what is then truly religion? This is not with their rituals, with their masters, with their saviour, that is not religion. Therefore, when the mind discards that intelligently, because it has seen it is not, then what is religion? Religion is the is, not what I think, but religion is then, is the sense of comprehension of the totality of existence, in which there is no division between you and me. Then if there is that quality of goodness, which is virtue, real virtue, not this phony virtue of society, real virtue, then the mind can go beyond and find out through meditation, through a deep quiet silence, you can find out if there is such thing as reality. And therefore a, a religious mind is a mind that is constantly aware, sensitive, attentive, so that it goes beyond itself into a dimension where there is no time at all. What you're saying, Krishnamurti, seems to me that man has no need of any power outside of himself. Obviously not, sir. The power of the outside agency is self-created. I can't do, I can't live properly in this world and I hope some, somebody outside is going to help me. But I have created, as a human being, the social structure, the misery, the confusion, the enormous suffering. We have created this. Unless we change it, outside agency is not going to change it. Either the, the communist outside agency, the Politburo, or the, the Hindu centre, or the Catholic centre. So one has to have the clarity to observe all this. And what do you make of death? So that is an immense question, you see. Again, 
You see, we have made life into a hideous thing, living. Life has become a battle, which is an obvious fact, constant fight, fight, fight. And we have divorced that living from death. We separate. Death as something uh, horrible, something to be frightened about. And we say, and to us this living, which is misery, is we accept. If we didn't accept this existence as misery, then life and death have, are the same movement, like love, death and living are one. One must totally die to find what love is. And to go into this question of what, what is death, what lies beyond death, whether there is reincarnation, whether there is a resurrection, all that, becomes rather meaningless if you don't know how to live. If, if the human being knows how to live in this world without conflict, then death has a, quite a different meaning. Now, to understand death really, one has to go into the question of what, it, what is it that dies? The physical organism obviously is going to end, because we have misused it. We have really destroyed the, the intelligence of the organism itself. And to us, death is something to be avoided. And as it exists, we, we believe. We believe in something beyond. There is something beyond, far greater than any of our belief. There is something tremendously great which the mind cannot possibly grasp, a mind which is in such chaos, which is in such contradiction. Krishnamurti, way back in um, 1929, that's 40-odd years ago now, you dissolved the order of the Star of the East, and I'd like to read the words, some of the words that you said at that time. You said, I maintain that truth is a pathless land, and you cannot approach it by any path whatsoever, by any religion, by any sect. I do not want followers, you said. I mean this. If there are only five people who will listen, who will live, who have their faces turned towards eternity, it will be sufficient. Of what use is it to have thousands who do not understand, who are fully embalmed in prejudice, who do not want the new, but would rather translate the new to suit their own sterile, stagnant selves? You said, I desire those who seek to understand me to be free, not to follow me, not to make out of me a cage which will become a religion, a sect, but rather they should be free from all fears, from the fear of religion, from the fear of salvation, from the fear of spirituality, from the fear of love, from the fear of death, from the fear of life itself. 
Well, 41 years later, how would you summarise your, your aims? I think that's true. I mean, human beings, whether they live in India or America or in the West, are really unhappy beings. They're frustrated. They feel life has very little meaning. The more intellectual you are, the more of... If you say, what? It has no meaning at all. And therefore they begin to invent meanings. Whereas if you really understood the oneself, oneself which is so conditioned, oneself which is so small, petty, bourgeois, then out of that understanding flowers goodness. And so you're not setting yourself up as a, a great teacher? Oh, no, no, sir. On the contrary, I say, be your own teacher. Be your own light. Don't look to somebody else. And where do you find truth? Only when a mind is completely... A, a life, not only a mind, a life that's completely harmonious, not contradictory. It's only such a mind which is religious that can find truth, can observe truth. Truth isn't something abstract, it's there when you can... 